0: That sounds so cheesy. I'm immediately regretting saying that.
1: It's all right. I'll edit it out. No, I'm, I definitely won't. You won't.
0: I know. I know you won't. You'll leave it. In.
1: I'm Lucy Loucroft and you're listening to What She Said, a podcast for those of us who hate rules and love nosing into other people's businesses. As a podcast producer and neurodivergent mum of two, I have no time and too many things to do. I also hate following rules and blueprints, so every Monday I speak to fellow small biz owners to find out how they do business differently in cosy, rambling chats. If you want to eavesdrop in on them, you'll love what she said. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or head to lucylucroftcouk forward slash podcast to find out more. Uh, today I have my friend, client, um, work wife, Liz Moseley. <laughs> Liz is a graphic designer with over 15 years experience and now specializes in creating creative branding and animated gifts for small business owners. She also hosts a podcast called Building Your Brand and teaches courses showing people how to create their own branding and gifts if they don't have the budget to outsource it. Her goal for her clients and students is for them to come away with branding they love and helps them to feel proud and confident promoting their businesses and sharing what they do with the world. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Is it weird hearing somebody introduce you? Yeah, really
0: really strange. I forgot I'd said all that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I wanted to start off with... What is your background in branding and why? What drew you to become a graphic designer in the first place? What draws you to branding?
0: Oh, good question. So, Oh, I don't know how far you want to go back but basically I was drawn into graphic design because I love that it brings lots of different things together so I already I always knew that I wanted to do something like creative I went to art college originally I thought it was going to be photography and I spent like a year in basically in a cupboard developing my own photographs. <laughs> that's how old I am um and I was like yeah photography that's the one and then I went to um I did this thing called an art foundation where you basically get to try a bit of everything discovered graphic design and realized that it sort of included a bit of everything so it drew in the photography it drew in the illustrations and then you've got like the design element of it um, and so I I find it really hard to like pick one thing to focus on so I just thought it would like keep things pretty open for me so I, I did that studied graphic design um, and then I guess like the branding thing came about a bit later on where I was working at a university as part of their in-house team um so not doing that much branding and then basically the sister of a colleague of mine asked me to create the branding for her, her shop that she was gonna open um yeah and I did that and absolutely loved it and she her shop's still going like 10 years later and Um, from that point on I started to do more design work and branding work specifically with small businesses Um, and just realized that I love that group of people to work with because I feel like a small business owner myself so I felt like I could really identify with like their struggles and what they you know like what their challenges were but also I think I just love like um hyping other people so I felt like not only would I sort of create branding for them but then I could just sort of like be their cheerleader encourage them along um you know like I just love getting to know different businesses and getting excited about what they're doing I I find it very easy to get excited for other people (laughs) and what they're doing
1: (laughs) yeah yeah. you're really good at it um I want to talk about about why you kind of your love and your passion for small businesses in a little bit but I want to just go back to, well, it's an error on my part, really, because I, because graphic design is synonymous with branding, like your branding, and your graphic design are like, part and parcel. Sometimes I think, well, I know that I do this, I just think she's a graphic designer, she's a branding expert. But actually, that's not true, is it? Because branding encompasses so much more.
0: Well, branding is sort of like one area of graphic design, right? But you can sort of specialize in all different areas. So for example, you could be like an editorial specialist and you focus on like designing magazines and spreads for editorial. Um, You could be like a book cover designer. You still be a graphic designer, but you sort of specialize in just book covers. I mean, there's people that do a bit of everything. You don't have to specialize in just one thing. And I do other bits of design projects for people you know like i don't just do branding but that's kind of my main thing um so yeah like you can definitely niche down graphic design's quite broad um you know like you'll have a website designer a graphic designer but you know like they've they might have specialized in web design um but i think a lot of graphic designers are generalists as well so they like to try a bit of everything and so you'll find a lot of graphic designers who can do bit of it all and then you'll find others who get obsessed with one thing and decide to just really focus in on that and hone on hone in on that
1: it's interesting that you chose graphic design so that you would have more variety and then you've you have specialized within graphic design so that you can like on branding but also on small businesses
0: yeah so I have honed in but mainly I so I in some in some senses I have and in some senses I haven't because I feel like I have in terms of design but not in terms of my job so I'm doing loads of other different things so I um I'm also like you mentioned like hosting a podcast so although that's like not design related it's linked to what I do and it's Um, something that's totally different I'm also like doing Adobe Live so I like uh, do a live stream every week for Adobe and again so I'm designing things on the live but it's not you know like branding yeah. so I feel like I've got quite lots of my fingers in lots of different pies but in terms of like marketing myself like branding is the main thing that I sort of like talk about um But yeah, I do loads of other different things. And and actually, one of my, I was going to, I'm going to do a post about this, because I'm sort of trying to come up with a list of what my dream projects would be. And I would love to get into book cover design. And like, I don't have experience in that. So I was going to set myself like a little challenge to, you know, create book cover designs for existing books, just, you know, for like as a personal project. But I'm totally open to like other projects as well if that makes sense but yeah. yeah I guess from a marketing perspective um it helps to sort of be known I guess for a particular thing
1: well that I suppose that is part of your branding isn't it Being, yeah like what you're known for what your values yeah. are yeah. um <clears throat> excuse me so let's like wind back a little bit yeah into when you went freelance and okay. I know that that wasn't you didn't plan to go freelance necessarily no was that anything to do with motherhood I can't remember it
0: was yeah it was 100% motherhood so basically I when I left university loads of people in my sort of year like their dream was to like freelance or run their own studio all this sort of thing and I that just never appealed to me I was like nah I want to work for someone else like never ever sort of really considered that as like a goal or an aspiration and then when I was like I was working in-house at university and I, I really loved my job and I loved, I got, you know, to work on really cool things and I love my team. But at the same time, when you're working in-house, like you're only working with one brand effectively. So I started like doing other stuff on the side, kind of just for my own sort of creative um amusement maybe that's the wrong word <laughs> my own creative amusement so like I started a little stationery shop and I designed my own cards it was quite nice sort of doing work that wasn't for a client so I could just design what I liked kind of thing um and but then then as I sort of mentioned before this um sister of a colleague got in touch and asked me to do like her branding and I think that suddenly gave me like a taste for what I could do and like I'd always done my own sort of like technically I've been self-employed since I left university because I'd always done a few like projects on the side of my full-time job but that I think was the point where I was just like oh actually maybe I would like it And so then I went down to four days a week at my job because I was starting to get more freelance work. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just this is kind of like low risk, um, you know, take a bit of a hit to my income. But I can sort of start building up a client base. Then I had my first kid and basically decided not to go back to work after that. And so since then, I've been like well I say full-time self-employed I haven't I've never been full-time mm-hmm. self-employed in the sense. I've always been juggling it with motherhood mm-hmm. and at different points have had more or less time to work so at the moment I'm in like a period of having the most time that I've ever had to be able to work my business but I'm still not full-time in terms of like nine to five right I probably am working full-time hours but just not uh yeah not technically
1: I'm so interested in this because Um, we become so often become self-employed for extra time it's very rarely for um, more money like in some cases of course that that might that might be the case but and then when we have more time we feel that we have to fill it up with work Mm. as opposed to just i don't know like <laughs> being free and enjoying the time to yeah. do whatever we want and i a, that's particularly hard when you become self employed because of motherhood because both you and i that wasn't necessarily the case but um it was more appealing Once you become a mother and you look at nursery costs and think, oh, I could probably, especially when you have your first, because then like you can semi fill in the gaps around naps with two. It's impossible, really, um, without some form of childcare. But I've kind of lost the thread of my of what I was saying. Um, I'm just very interested in kind of the process of self-employment and how we view it particularly as mothers, because we often feel guilty about, and we often feel that we have to create some sort of a corporate construct mm, Yeah, <laughs> that like, totally. our self-employment can fit into. Have you found I, that hard? Um, yes and no.
0: So this is a topic that I feel like I could get really ranty about because when I was employed... When I was employed... There was a particular phase where I feel like loads of designers or like people in general, but I was obviously following like a bunch of designers on social media and the ones who at that stage were self-employed and I feel like it was less people then, but there was still like a good amount of people. I remember following people and them being really snobby about being self-employed. So basically, like, if you're not self-employed, then you're not, you're, like, working for the man and you're not, like, you're not, um, like, you're not creatively fulfilled. Like, you're almost like you're not a proper creative. I don't know. It was, like, this really weird vibe. And it made me so angry because I was just, like no that is like not true like everybody I mean that I that has to come from a place of privilege having that like that attitude because everyone's working with sort of like different limitations or different responsibilities I'm like yeah if you're like living with your parents and um you know they're happy you don't have to pay rent and you haven't got any bills and you haven't got anyone dependent on you then like yeah great like you know you can be self-employed and not worry um I mean, that's not the that's not the only things to factor in, right? But anyway, no, <laughs> I'll try right, and rein put, in my rant.
1: <laughs> no, you're right because putting your uh, saying that creativity is the most important is more important than income or security yeah. for me is very a, a very privileged thing to say. Yeah.
0: So, so that used to like really annoy me. I, as I said, I never sort of really intended to be self self employed, but actually, it has worked really well for me with having kids and I think because I'd started to build up a client base before I went before I had a like child I sort of set things in motion and got a little bit of momentum going so I wasn't sort of starting from nothing um I mean there was there's absolutely heaps of privileges that have meant that I have been able to do this in the way that I have like one of the huge ones um is that I'm like in a two income family, you know, like I'm not, if I was if I was like a single mum, it would be a whole different story for sure. Mm-hmm. Another one is like having parents nearby to help with childcare. Um, another one, you know, is gonna be the color of my skin. You know, like there's so many different things that have come together to have mean that this mm-hmm. was possible for me. So in no way would I ever think that this was the right option for everybody because it absolutely isn't. Um, I love it at the moment because I feel like I am, although I work a lot and I, and I think I am prone probably to becoming a workaholic, partly because I really enjoy what I do, but also actually what I found is the balance of making sure that I'm not working full time and I'm having time with my kids sort of stops me from, so from. it helps me get a better balance that I think is actually a much healthier for me. So although sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I had a bit more childcare, a bit more time to do work, most of the time I'm just really grateful that I'm not just like sitting in a room like all hours of the day, you know, like never <laughs> seeing yeah. anybody else or having any sort of balance.
1: Yeah, I feel the same. Um okay, cool. So I want to talk about small businesses. Mm -hmm. and how you so the question that I put to you I don't really like how I've worded it but let's just go with it because it's kind of (laughs) very like yeah it's probably explains it quite well how have you found your like special source as in your marketing special source I suppose your niche um, of working with small business owners like how did you get to that point when did you know Yes, this is, I want to, because you mentioned earlier about um, cheerleading mm. and that's the side of things that you love and that you're a small business owner. And so you can relate to probably the struggles, mm. um, but small business is such a huge category and there's so many different types of people within that.
0: Yeah. So, so technically, technically, I think <clears throat> I'd be marking myself all marketing myself all wrong because technically, I work with micro, micro businesses. businesses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, and it's all this like terminology. And actually, I was talking to someone the other day um, on my podcast who really hates like being labelled a small business and would much rather be an independent business because she mm. feels like small business is really patronising. But effectively, it's just like a term, right? To like. I don't know, to let people, I still use small business in my marketing because I actually think most people identify as a small business Mm -hmm. than a micro business. Do you know what I mean? So actually I sort of need them to know that I'm talking to them, but, um, I think how I got into it right was because I was doing my stationery business um, and I started going to a load of like craft fairs and meeting loads of other small business owners and makers um, and just realizing that that was a group of people like the relationships that I built up and all that kind of thing that I really loved working with. And I think what I like about it is being able to be like really closely involved with the owner and the founder and seeing the impact that what I have like created for them or what I have designed for them has on them as an inv- individual but uh, like their business as well so that's not to say that I don't work with businesses that have a team because I totally would but it's more like um, you know it's not like a huge company where you're sort of dealing with you're dealing with someone, but actually they don't get the final say and it has to go up a whole chain. And then there's sort of like a whole structure that goes into place or, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, I mean, so like there's pros and cons, you know, like the budgets are obviously smaller for small businesses. So I, am, you know, not like if I was working for corporates or you know just like bigger businesses that you know the budgets would be totally different but actually that's kind of a sacrifice that I'm willing to make and I sort of work I've set my business slightly differently because of that that's why I like to have sort of a few different income streams because I can't rely on totally sort of time for money um if the budgets are small if that makes sense
1: um
0: but yeah I think it's just that um it's just a group of people that I sort of identify with and I enjoy, I enjoy like thinking about how to make it work, how to grow your business. Like I love all the sort of marketing stuff as well. And so, um, it just makes it really fun to like chat to those, those sort of people and work with those sorts of people.
1: It's the agility, isn't it? Of that small yes. businesses have that makes it really, even if they've got a team, you know that you can affect decisions quite yeah. quickly and pivot and experiment absolutely. And-, absolutely
0: and I think that's just what excites me about it like the thought of having to pitch an idea to like you know like a bunch of men in a boardroom and try and convince them that this is a good idea is just really unappealing I mean <laughs> someone some there'll be plenty of people who are really good so that's their sort of like calling and they're really good at that um but yeah that doesn't massively
1: appeal to me. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. <laughs> All right, let's get into some practical kind of yeah advice, branding advice. what are and I know you're probably not going <laughs> to want to say be honest about <laughs> this, but branding mistakes. what are the ones that you see over and over again? Uh, okay,
0: I think like one of the ones, and this uh, this isn't really like anybody's fault, but this is like something that I think it's worth looking into is sort of like, key design principles that mean that your designs are more accessible um so (laughs) so basically you know design is all about communicating right it's about communicating a message as effectively as possible and that's there's a whole sort of load of different elements that come together to make that effective but if you are making it too hard for someone to consume your content your designs then it's just going to put them off so I think one of the mistakes is like I talk about this so much so I think people are probably sick of me going on about it but um center aligning large amounts of text like that's a very, that's sort of the sort of thing that you would learn if you went to um design school you know like whatever um, but actually, it's really hard for the eye to read because they're ha- you're having to find a new line, like the beginning of each line, your brain's having to work harder to find where it starts, where if it's left aligned, you know exactly where the next line starts. You know, it's just like simple little things like that. Aesthetically, centred line text looks really nice because it's really balanced. But it's it's sort of knowing those bits of information. So I think it's just like, knowing a few key design principles um to make your designs more effective you know things like having plenty of white space you know decent color contrast
1: um and all of what these does inf- that sorry to jump in but what do, no. this is simple to you but it won't be to well it isn't even to me and we spend a lot of time on whatsapp talking <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: um, so
1: like in lots of white space i understand that you want to have like negative space um but why um, so it's so that you're,
0: I mean, so if you look at something, you're without even thinking about it, based on the design, your eye is basically guided through the design using a few different tools so like one of them would be hierarchy so you know you've got your big bold sort of title at the front that's the thing they want you to read next then there's often like a subtitle that's the thing that they want you to read next and then there's sort of like the main chunk of text that's a bit longer um and then there might be sort of like a little footnote at the bottom you know if you think about that hierarchy so you can control how someone consumes what is on the page that's been designed you want to have like plenty of space and this is these principles are all broken all the time by different designers and it works amazingly but it's it's just sort of you need kind of need to know the rules before you can break them um but it's making sure that your um text for example has space to breathe you know that there's not that your eye can easily um find it read it and there's not too many things around it that are gonna like make it difficult for you and then the color contrast um you know that's just a case of if you've got two colors that are really tonally similar um you're not like the contrast isn't high enough for you to like read that text for example um so and like for most for a lot of people who don't have a visual impairment that's not too big an issue but again like if you make it too hard for them even they are gonna give up and not not bother reading it but if you've got someone who's maybe like red green colorblind or Mm. um yeah like just doesn't have as good visibility then it makes it even harder again and it just often makes that sort of bit of like that material or that marketing or whatever it is that you've designed it just makes it inaccessible and potentially you're losing out on sort of customers or clients um yeah so those are like a few of the things so I think I think all all of this information you can learn about online for free for sure and you know with a bit of like googling um And like I said, you know, like they're not strict rules. You're going to find people who break them and create really beautiful designs. Again, it depends what you're designing, you know, like what the purpose of it. If you're designing um, a podcast cover artwork, for example, what you need, what you need it to do is very different from if you're designing a brochure. So you, you sort, you know, like the, um, yeah, the, the sort of principles are still there, but it's going to sort of work in a slightly different way.
1: Yeah, your goal is going to be different for each yeah. one. So you tweak things accordingly. But I, but accessibility is obviously one of your key values. And for small business owners, presumably all the small business owners that you work with, accessibility is going to be one of their values, even if it's um, subconscious. I would imagine. I think so. and I, I think it's one of those
0: things that we care about, but sometimes just don't know, have the tools to be able to do anything about it. And I think it's being talked about more. And, you know, I am not perfect when it comes to this by any means. Like, I'm sure if you went through my w- website, there's, I, I don't know, I might have put in a bit of text that doesn't have high enough contrast. But I think it's, it's a process, right? It's about being willing to learn and being willing to make improvements. Like nobody's, I everyone's still working it out, especially when it comes to online. You know, like everybody is, it's like a constantly evolving things. We're learning new stuff about how people use websites, how people use apps, all this kind of thing. So people are still working this stuff out. I think it's just having that, um, desire to have a go at making it better and to just spending a little bit of time thinking about it um yeah I think I think and I think you're right like I think most people do want to make their content accessible I mean often the frustration that people have Mm -hmm. right is that um they feel like making it accessible makes their design less appealing and there is an, an element of this in that For example, if you are creating an accessible website, there's kind of limitations on what you can do. And so you'll find it's harder to make your design or your website functionality stand out from other websites. So it's constantly this sort of balancing act of like making something that's really bold and distinctive and stands out um, and is a bit different from everybody else. But at the same time, is still like consumable you yeah. know still functional. usable yeah functional <laughs> and so like there's there's often design trends where you know like there's a, there's been a design trend for a while now where you have like really ornate but very fine fonts um and then like a very very small font like contrasting it and it looks beautiful but it's not that easy to read and so it's sort of like getting that balance of okay you know, like, how important is this sort of design element of my branding or my website? Um, And how important is it that people can actually read what this says? You know, like, how are they going to use this website? And, you know, is this actually the best way to present this information?
1: Mm. Because it shouldn't, it shouldn't really be a is this part of my values? Accessibility should just be, not excluding a group in society shouldn't really be optional.
0: (laughs) Well, we have a, um, there's like a legal sort of precedent to make as a business, like to make what you do accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's sort of like blurry, because it's not the sort of thing that's, necessarily going to be enforced Mm -hmm. but there are like there is guidance like from the government on you know I mean and it's again it's gonna be different in different countries I'm not a legal expert I just want to say that. yeah put it I December actually in. did it I actually did a TikTok about yeah, this I was there, remembering and <laughs> the, the chat went like bonkers but so for example so when the chat went bonkers on this TikTok, um people were like oh you know it's not a legal thing it's just a good thing to do but actually there are businesses big massive businesses I think it might I can't remember I won't say the business because I can't remember exactly which one it was but that have been sued because They didn't make that. There was, you know, they excluded a group of people because they didn't make something that they created um, accessible. So it is a thing that can be enforced by law. That's not to freak out all the small businesses because you just you don't have to. Like I said, you don't have to have it all perfectly, but you need to be willing to try to improve it. I think is the key. And like, yeah, you. I doubt if you make like a really snazzy website. Um, that isn't the most accessible I don't think anyone's going to be coming for you at all um but you know just it's just a good thing to think about and to want to do better
1: yeah and I I don't think it should freak anybody out but at the same time if that's something that um you are just not willing to consider yeah then there are consequences to that <laughs>
0: yeah yeah and one of the consequences could be that you don't you lose a bunch of it, clients yeah. or a bunch of customers because yeah. they can't read the text on the beautiful yellow button that you've made with white
1: text on top do you know what I mean <laughs> like I am 100% that person I'm just... <laughs> I'm always like, mm, that's pretty. <laughs> well, no, I yeah, I'm I can read it. No one else can. <laughs> I'm the
0: same. Like it's so. That's one of the things. That's like one of the real struggles, I think, for designers is, um, is that balance? Is that it's the classic conundrum, isn't it? The form over function. I mean, it, like in all areas of like. All areas of design and creativity, you know, like this has always been sort of like debated, you know, like what's more important, that it works well or that it looks beautiful. And it's sort of like having, trying the sweet spot is where you get that really good balance um but it's not always easy to get the balance right
1: right no not at all um okay so when do you think you one should invest in proper branding now I want to link to an episode that you recorded about this because you literally talk about when to invest and when not to
0: um Mm. and I
1: found it really interesting also it's very well edited (laughs) (laughs) of course (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but when, when do you? So when do you think you should invest in branding, and when do you think it's okay to just crack on in Canva? <laughs> it's like it's
0: such a hard one to answer because obviously you know there's no there's no like formula or clear answer you can give. But I can give some examples. So if you are starting out your business and. It's you know you don't have a business plan and it's a bit of experiment and you're just sort of giving it a go to see what happens to see where it goes and you don't feel clear yet exactly what you want your business to look like. Um, Then I think then is it's okay to not invest in branding because the last thing that you want to do is spend thousands of pounds getting this beautiful branding and then sort of six months into your business decide actually this isn't really what I want to do. I want to work with a different group of people or I want to pivot you know all there's all these sort of different things that could happen and so in that in that sort of like instance i think it's okay to start with something just simple and um yeah and sort of work things out as you go and then when you get clearer on sort of like what your brand foundations are so who who are you talking to what exactly are you offering you know like what your brand values are all those sort of things then invest in branding but I think if you've got a really clear idea um of exactly what your business is about so for example one of my friends Nikki set up a business called Wilder Ones and I designed a pattern for her so before she launched so I kind of knew about the business before she'd launched it and she had such a clear vision for her business which was to create unisex kids wear that was like really bright um you know like not not sort of like boring really fun And so she got her branding absolutely nailed before she launched. Mm. And it was really good because it meant that she could just, right from the start, really confident. She knew what her message was. And so I think because of that, she was able to, I guess, like hit the ground running, from launch like there wasn't much sort of working things out as she goes along but saying that and this is why it's such an interesting case study and I actually recorded an episode with her which has it hasn't come out yet but anyway um what happened was that she was doing some women's wear bits as well and yeah. that ended up being more popular than the kids wear, so she had to slightly pivot it wasn't what she expected so she pivoted her business to focus more on women's wear but what was amazing is that she'd had the foresight with her branding to make sure that it had space for that so actually her branding works perfectly for both scenarios so she doesn't have to change anything Um, I mean like yes, she'll change her messaging but she doesn't have to change how her brand looks um and so actually she kind of future proofed her business, but she was actually really strategic when she worked with a designer and created her branding and the sort of look that she went went to like into. So I think basically that if you've got a lot of the information and you like then go for it get your branding done right from the start and also budget right is a big factor mm-hmm. if you've got the budget then go for it but it might be that you need to actually like start a business and build it up before you've got the budget to invest like I think it is def I mean I'm obviously going to say this but I think it is something that's definitely worth investing in yeah. but I have seen I've, I have seen businesses never pay for professional design and just create absolutely incredible brands and it's and again it comes down to like another factor is how clear you are on your aesthetics so Mm -hmm. you know how some people some people just have like a look and a feel and it's almost like goes through every element of their lives and it's so consistent and actually they don't have to think very hard to make Mm -hmm. it consistent so an example of this would be my friend Rachel who's got a business called Little Beacon and everything everything she posts like I, we've met in person a few times everything about her almost just like encompasses like it reflects what her branding's like and her brand I think her branding's beautiful um it's really consistent it works really well and I she's created it herself um and so yeah it's just it is gonna vary it's kind of you need to know um like yourself and how um confident you feel doing it but all and and I think for a lot of people they start off doing it themselves and then they realize that it's it's holding them back that they like that they're frustrated that they can't create what they want to create and that's when that's a good sign that it's time to get in touch with someone to help you I would say
1: because I think um also it's not just about how confident you are it's actually about knowing your skill set because I Know my aesthetic quite clearly. Mm. I know what I like. My my house, my wardrobe, everything is the same. Like it, there's no there's no difference. I don't have like a really bright website, and then my house is really muted, or the other mm. way around. Like everything's the same. My tone of voice is the same in real life as it is online. But <laughs> while I am very creative, I have graphic design, anything to do with creating graphics. I can I it is a real weak point for me and and it's just not something that I can do easily I can only ever use templates um or or work with someone like you to create something for me because it's not and it doesn't matter how many times I read the principles it's just not something that will ever stick in my brain I just don't have a good design eye I think yeah and I think that is
0: really important like i think one of the things i've realized running a business is that one of the most helpful things that you can do is just be honest with yourself about what you're good at and what you're not and i feel like i have learned like i did not realize what a journey of sort of like self discovery <laughs> running a business would be like and it's not easy because a lot of it is accepting things that you're not good <laughs> yeah yeah um and i think yeah so i think that's like a really good point you know like and actually spending you could learn to be a designer, right? But spending time doing that isn't probably the best investment. Like it's actually probably worth way more for you to outsource that and focus your time on the things that you are really strong at and really good at. Um, And so I think that's it is knowing, like if you've you've just naturally um, find that sort of thing easy or you really enjoy it, then that's something to factor in. If it's something that... You know, like if you spend sort of ten hours on Canva and you come out with like one social media graphic, like that is not the best use of your
1: time. How dare you attack me like this? <laughs> yeah, but
0: you've already you've already realised, so it's
1: fine. That's true. That's
0: true. <laughs> and if you enjoy those ten hours, they're great. Go for it. But if you're not enjoying it, then yeah, it's probably not a good plan.
1: I can tell you for a fact, I do not enjoy it. <laughs> so. Just to wrap up, um, what's one thing – I did prep Liz on this, so it's not – otherwise this sounds like a really mean question. What's one thing that you would recommend all small business owners invest in? And it could be big, it could be small, anything.
0: Do you know what? It's actually – so I was like mulling this over because it is a hard question. and Okay, so my answer from a branding perspective is not actually – it's not investing in anything – apart from time and the time is setting effectively setting up your brand guidelines Mm. because that is going to save you time and what I mean by brand guidelines it can be a really simple document but basically having all of the bits of your branding in one place so your logo saved in different formats your color palette with all the breakdowns written out what fonts you're going to use if you have that all set up um and sort of easily accessible to you like that you can locate it quickly that is going to save you so much time down the line and I think often for small business owners because you're juggling so much one of the like the big important things is and this is something that I'm still working through in other areas is like um how you can streamline your processes and how you can make your life easier and I know we talk about this sort of thing all the time you know it's like right what can we automate what can we sort of like get off our plate and this is one of those things that I think is often overlooked um And it just makes such a difference. And you can go even further than that. You know, like one of the things that I've done is I've got a bio. I often get asked for a bio. Like, so for example, for this, you will have asked me for, you know, a paragraph about myself. Like I've got a few pre-written. I've got one pre-written that sort of describes my course or one pre-written that describes my podcast sort of have all of those things written have a folder of images that you use Mm. because all of that helps you to be more consistent with your messaging with your how your brand looks and you're not actually I mean apart from maybe paying a designer to do the work for you but actually setting that up isn't costing you any money it's not like you need a particular bit of text You, you know like you can sort of set that up however you want it could be like a pdf that you put together in adobe express or it could be like um a notion page where you just have all of the information there you know whatever you enjoy using it could be a trello board um you know one of my friends is obsessed with trello and that she's got a whole business organized on there you know like there's you've got to find the tool that works for you but just taking a bit of time to put all of that information together is just gonna be a game changer I think so that would be my tip
1: that's a really 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 good tip and I actually only did that for the very first time and I've been self-employed for over 10 years last year yeah because I had yeah so and I highly highly recommend it it's really really helpful not just um for if somebody asks you to be a podcast guest but if you ever are featured in the press
0: mm-hmm. um
1: you can just send them a folder that's it yeah. done for, for anything even if a client wants to know a little bit more about you I mean that might that's maybe a little bit more abstract but yeah it's a brilliant brilliant tip
0: and it works
1: in the sense that people
0: appreciate it so mm-hmm. for example I had a guest on the podcast and she sent me a folder of images a link to a google folder that had a bunch of images that I could choose which image that I want to do like use and actually Like she didn't have to do that. She just needed to give me one image. But I just really appreciated how easy it was and that I could pick an image that I knew that would work well with my podcast artwork, for example. And all she had to do was send me a link. It was really easy for her. And I know that that is the same. Or you've worked, you know, like as a journalist. I know that's the same for... Um, you know, like PR opportunities and writers. Mm-hmm. If you make their life easy and you are sending them a link to a folder that's got a bunch of really amazing high-res images of you, they're more likely to go with you than someone else who's just sent them a DM on Twitter and they're having to like work hard to get the information out of them and get the image. And so I feel like, yeah, there's there, it, it has so many rippling positive effects, basically.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. That was a brilliant tip to end on. So... I'm not going to do the whole where can everyone find you online because look, just Google, Google is it. free. <laughs> yeah. it's Liz Mosley, look at it, or look in the show notes. <laughs> and <laughs> have you got anything to plug? That's one thing that I wanted to ask. Ooh, <clears throat> that I do. Not really
0: at the moment. I'm going to be running my, well, I don't know when this is going out, but I'm going to be running my design your own branding course in January. So mm-hmm. you can sign up for, you can head to my website and sign up for the waitlist for that if you're interested in that. It's a 12-week course where I basically take you through designing your own branding um, if you're not ready to outsource it. Um, But yeah, other than that, just come come hang out with me on social media or come watch an Adobe Live. They're on every Friday. Just, yeah, let's... Chat. That sounds so cheesy. <laughs> I'm immediately regretting saying that.
1: It's all right. I'll edit it out. No, I'm, I definitely won't. You won't. I know. <laughs>
0: I know you won't. You'll leave it. In.
1: Thanks for listening to what she said. Feel free to slide into my DMs. I'm at Lucy LuCraft everywhere, and please leave a five-star rating and review. Until next week, friend. Stay rebellious.